Talk Radio. A viral video making the rounds has utilized Google Earth's history tool to show what appears to be mass graves on Epstein's Island that were dug shortly after his arrest in 2006. In September of 2002, in the center of the island, Google Earth shows that there was nothing but a bare mound of Earth. In March of 2005, the Palm Beach, Florida police began investigating Epstein after a mother reported that he sexually abused her 14-year-old daughter. In July of 2006, Epstein was arrested by the Palm Beach Police Department on state felony charges of procuring a minor for prostitution. Hours later, he was released on a $3,000 bond. A few months later, in November of 2006, Google Earth shows that the previously bare mound has what appears to be mass graves freshly buried on top of it. During this time, Palm Beach County State Attorney Barry Christcher is accused of giving Epstein special treatment, and the FBI begin an investigation. In 2007, federal prosecutors prepare an indictment against Epstein, which is held up in the courts for a year. In June of 2008, Epstein pleads guilty to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of soliciting prostitution from a minor. He is sentenced to 18 months in jail with a secret arrangement with the U.S. Attorney's Office to not be prosecuted for federal crimes. Epstein serves most of his sentence in a work release program that allows him to leave jail during the day. In July of 2009, Epstein is released from jail. One month later in August, Google Earth shows that what appeared to be mass graves on the mound have been covered over. In 2013, construction begins on the mound gravesite. By 2017, construction of what appears to be a tennis court is completed. Drone footage shows that the elevation in Google Earth is off. The newly built tennis court is on a flat plain surrounded by a dirt berm. By January of 2018, Google Earth shows that the tennis court has been raised and the earth beneath appears to have been excavated. In November of 2018, the Miami Herald begins publishing a series of articles about the Epstein case, which inspires public interest. In July of 2019, Epstein is charged on federal sex trafficking charges. One month later, the FBI raid the island. During this time, Google Earth shows cloud cover obscuring the view of the mound. On August 10th of 2019, Epstein is reported to have committed suicide in his New York City federal jail cell. The next available image is a month later, in September of 2019, and shows that the area on the mound is being used as a parking lot for commercial vehicles. The area is cleared by 2020 and has remained so until today. In a recent video, corporate media propagandist Megyn Kelly claims that we may be hearing from Jeffrey Epstein himself this year. We're not done with Jeffrey Epstein. I can tell you that for a fact. can't tell you how I know, but I can tell you for a fact we're going to hear a lot more about Jeffrey Epstein in the coming year. Uh, and you may be even hearing from him directly. More on that as I'm allowed to tell you. While most believe that Epstein was murdered, Many believe that he is still alive, claiming that images of his alleged corpse appear to be a different person, that the shape of his nose and ears were different. 
Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, folks, that is the latest Reese report. You can find and share it at band.video and infowars.com. I'm Harrison Smith sitting in for Owen Schroyer today on The War Room with a very big show. Epstein will be the main topic of discussion. We'll have Alex Jones in studio, Jason Burmis joining us uh, via Skype. We have a special message from Owen Schroyer later in the show, but we are going to start off the top of this hour with Alex Jones in studio with Jason Burmis Skyping in as we go through the newest revelations of the Jeffrey Epstein saga. Uh, the newest revelations do seem to implicate in some way Donald Trump as well as uh, Clinton and a lot of other people, new photos from it. So the uh, saga continues. We'll determine exactly what's true, what's not, what's worth paying attention to and what we can disregard as PSYOP false information. Stay tuned. Alex Jones in studio on The War Room on the other side. Stay with us. Harrison Smith presents War Room on InfoWars. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith, sitting in for Owen Schroyer today and all this week. And joining me in studio is, of course, Alex Jones to break down some of the latest of the Jeffrey Epstein saga. Uh, Lots of things have been released. The latest one seems to implicate, in some way, Donald Trump. But uh, it's all very confusing. Things have been said. They've been retracted. They say there's proof. Then they say there's not. We'll try to get to the bottom of it. Well, that's why we brought in the real expert, Jason Burmis. Uh, you know, Jason's made films with me on this. We've been working with Jason about 18, 19 years. And Jason's really good with his files and keeping it all together because I remember this lady. I remember seeing it. But this all broke when I was already on air today. So I'm trying to read the articles. And I said to listeners, I said, I cannot comment on this till I go off air for an hour, call Jason Burmis, reread the history, make sure I'm right. But I, I was right from my initial memory. This came out years ago. There was some other Jane Does that came out, and it was once Trump ran for office and once he won. It was never photos, never proof, never other witnesses. And my job uh, is not not defending uh, Donald Trump, okay? And if something ever comes out and there's proof, then, then, then that'll be very, very serious. What we know is we have the flight logs. He's not on those to the Epstein Island. He's a couple flights from New York to, uh, to uh, Palm Beach. In the other documents, it's women saying, no, I saw him at an event. He didn't hit on me. But this particular woman um, put the reports out and and, and said that she had the footage and and the sex tapes of uh, Clintons and others, not of Trump, and then she retracted it, okay? And I'm not saying that something didn't happen to her. I'm not saying she's a liar. I'm simply saying I've been investigating this Trump thing now uh, for seven plus years, and I, I guess eight years now, and I've not seen evidence of her with him. But as I said, that's not my job to do this. I'm not exactly sure what's going on here, but these giant data dumps we were told were going to be the Epstein client list. And as Jason said before they even came out, he said, I don't think it'll be that. It's going to be court documents. And now it's like the fifth or sixth, I can't keep track, dump of this information. And you know, we also saw that particular lady. I forget her name. Who's the blonde lady that thinks rape's hot? She's still Anderson Cooper. Oh, Carol, Eugene Carroll. Yeah, yeah, Eugene Carroll. No witnesses, no nothing, and it you know fits a Law and Order script or something. So, I'm very, very suspect of anything thrown at Trump because there's never been any real meat and potatoes. Um, but but at the same time, look at DrudgeReport.com. Shock claim. Trump's sex at Epstein Mansion, many girls, warning graphic details. But then the real claims she's making, I'm not saying they're real, the main claim 
is that Richard Branson, Prince Andrew Clinton, and that she, and that reportedly she had the tapes. Well, I doubt if Epstein, which we know is shooting tapes of this, why would she have that? Uh, uh, again, so Trump's just a little sliver of this, but the, she just said she saw he saw him a few times and claimed that he liked some girl and that she'd seen him at uh, at uh, Epstein's house in New York, a compound in New York. So again, if if there are tapes, let's see them. Well, we know who has the tapes the FBI, and, and we know they did get the tapes. So let me bring in our resident expert, syndicated talk show host, author, researcher, filmmaker, Jason Burmas, who I know has really been keeping his uh, ear to the ground on this. Right now, for me, I'm speculating, because I just got off, off air an hour ago, did my best, didn't talk to you before I got you on. Uh, am I wrong? Does this implicate Trump, or is this a, another red herring to smokescreen all the real stuff we've got? Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything new uh, that really implicates Trump at all. And even with this Sarah Ronesome uh, information, I, I really want to put it into context. So in December of this year, uh, we already had this right here where we knew that she said that she had watched these tapes with Epstein. And previously in 2019, Alex, when, um, when this was occurring, uh, these documents were being dumped. What she was saying was the fact that this stuff was not only out, but that she had tapes. Now, other people made these claims as well. They said they went to Russia. They said they were going to release them. Never happened. I would be extremely suspect of anyone having these tapes. Later on, she did recant and say that said that she did it to protect herself and, and what? To bring attention to this case. Now, I'll say this. When you are being deceptive, you're not doing anybody any favors. Now, previously, uh, Sarah Ronson was Jane Doe 43. So a lot of the names that are coming out are those Jane Doe's that are being revealed. Now, in this new document dump that I'm seeing in pictures, some of the pictures were previously released, but I am noticing some new pictures, it, it appears, of the victims, including Sarah who is on the island, but of age when she's on the island. And that's another aspect of this people need to understand. Yes, obviously there is the pedophilia aspect of this, but there is also the management and blackmail of individuals using sex operatives that are now of age and have been groomed from their teenage years. So for me, uh, I would say that the biggest document that people aren't really paying attention to and going to that does uh, show some new information is the one on Nadia Marcinkova. And I, I've been uh, basically harping on Marcinkova because Marcinkova... And show her. Has, She's the blonde right here. Put her on screen. Yes, this is uh, this is her right here, everybody. Uh, it's now Nadia Marcinko. And uh, Nadia Marcinko, uh, again, from this document trove that began to come out in 2019, is allegedly the young girl that was purchased from Yugoslavia from her parents at 14 and then groomed into this situation and also a pilot. So what is the significance of her testimony? Well, she pleads the fifth 42 times in just a partial deposition, and now we're finding out the direct questions being asked about sex with Bill Clinton and others. Now, going back to Sarah Ronson and her claims about Trump, Again, I am not here to attack any victims, but she certainly has not come into the public arena to make those claims. Uh, you know, those are printed. And I, I would also say that 
it does seem like some of the claims of some of the victims uh, were either purposely false to protect themselves or purposely false to entice members of the media to cover this story more because we have so many instances when, in fact, these people were burned. I, I know that muddies the situation. Well, let me expand on the that. Narrative. If, if uh, you've got it all coming out with the prince, all these people confirmed in photos with underage girls and on the island and constantly going on, then if you simply, through lawyers or whatever, and I'm not saying she did this, get people to make up stuff, then when it's proven to not be true, it confuses the whole thing and throws the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, here's one. Epstein victim claimed Trump had sex at pedophile's mansion. Clinton caught on tape. Then she recanted everything. So I'm sorry. That discredits her that she's, quote, recanted everything years ago. And now that this breaks again, it's recycled with no evidence of Trump. And again, give me some evidence that Trump's done something wrong. I'll go after him like flies on you-know-what or like white on rice. I, I just, you've really been in this, in the file. Now that you've had a chance, pull back here, Jason. What do you make of what this court's doing? Because again, uh, you said this last week, got picked up everywhere. Even mainstream media picked up what you started saying, you know, last Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that, yeah, usually you didn't see the New York Post and everybody's saying, yeah, where are all the tapes? Where are the DVRs? Where are the hard drives? Where are the, 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 the DVDs? Just room after room of these. We know the FBI got those. That's a fact. So it's, to me, list and what people claim in lawsuits or recycled stuff, I'm sure some of it may be true. Maybe all of it's true. But, man, wh if there's nothing on these tapes, why are they hiding them? To me, the tapes are everything. Well, again, not only are they hiding them, but you look at the binders of the information that is being kept on the burned disks, and they're not even letting you know what the binder says on the side. When we look at some of the other burned disks in the drawers, they're saying what? Photo shoots, AV shoots, that clearly, and with women's names on them. So, you know, I, I'm not going to speculate as to what's being done on that, legal or not. It's extremely suspect. I mean, come on. Well, exactly. The public should have access to that. And we have to remember that this is only one of the locations, Alex. Um, for instance, we got that video, and anybody can, I, this was banned on YouTube when I posted it, but back in the uh, Miami days when the first case came out, they did an hour-long run-through. And, you know, that's where it was revealed in the Miami residence. He had a dental chair. And, and I briefly covered this last week, but, you know, Epstein was the main abuser, and he did have a quote-unquote type. He wanted certain weight regulations, look regulations, and he wanted their teeth to be perfect. He actually hired dentists on the spot to do that type of work on the girls there. And, Alex, his last girlfriend, the last person to see him it alive in the prison, uh, other than officials, was a dentist as well. So, you know... You look at all of that. We got no physical evidence uh, that, that's been put into play from Miami, and yet we have all of that eyewitness testimony from the girls themselves. Again, we're talking about Jane Doe 107 or 103, I think, that's holding up that last release of documents that we're probably going to get, but we'll see in the appeals on the 22nd. Uh, we have taped recordings of all these. That's one case. We go to Zorro Ranch. We have no idea what they took. We have drone footage when they went to little St. James Island of the FBI going through everything from the temple to the locations where they had garbage, Alex, a guy named Rusty Shackelford, an ode to the King of the Hill uh, character, uh, Dale Gribble. 
was the one posting that footage and showing again and again. Authorities were there. Where's the evidence from the island, Alex? Sure, so you know, let me shift gears into this. Really- uh, you, you, have you seen the new Greg Reese report or the reports where you have this mound that right when Epstein starts getting into trouble with the first arrest, that there's all these holes dug and everybody said they look like graves. Oh, they're burying people. No, if, if you start getting in trouble, you dig up the bodies. And I'm not saying it's a grave, but man, if you guys can roll the B-roll of the Greg Reese report, we, we play the start of the hour. I, I mean, you look at this, this is Google Earth, and all of a sudden, all these holes get dug the, the month he gets arrested, and then they excavate it, they build like three things on top of it, turn it into a tennis court, then into a place to park cars, and all this weirdness obsessed with this one spot on the property. All I'm saying is... I don't think they'd be burying people once he gets in trouble. I think they'd be digging people up. But I think that's still speculation. Realm of allegations and the relationship to Epstein. Uh, I think it's fair to put out there that, yes, the plane thing is real. It not only came out in this document, uh, but Trump in articles uh, with him on his plane. That That's a real thing. We also know that the business dealings, that competition, that may be the falling out. That is also Real Now, there's also an allegation out there, and this is a mainstream allegation, that Jeffrey Epstein held a party of 20 women who were overage for Trump, basically for women uh, auditioning for wife number three, and Melania is, you know, the pick of the litter. She's basically in that. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. We do have that famous picture of Melania, Trump, uh, Jeffrey and Ghislaine, so we do know that they all knew each other. Well, I can tell you a few uh, stories. Again, I mean, I know people that know Trump well. Like, take Jesse James. Um, and back when he was married to Sandra Bullock, but even after, he's friends with Trump. He stayed at Trump Tower in his residence many times. He said Trump doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, but would hang out with them and go to like six, seven parties and just dance and have a great time all night. And then he would go home with Melania. I mean, well, so again, that's what, that's what Trump does. About this, we're talking about But, I mean, if Trump's going to six, seven parties a night, is he now a criminal because he's in photos with people? No, not at all. And again, I'm not saying he's a criminal. I'm just pointing out the fact that, you know, this is the fashion industry. Um, these were models. Uh, some of these uh, people do take the behavior. When we talk about Marcinkova, eventually, obviously, she's of age. Uh, but Leslie Groff, Sarah Kellen, these are people that seem to be working for that Epstein network and, of course, were beautiful women in their 20s. So, you know, again, I'm just putting out what's in the mainstream media. That's not a part of this documentation at all. And from what I've seen, obviously, Alex, if they had the goods on Trump and pedophilia, I think that they would have played that card. There's a separate case outside of Epstein where there was one allegation from a woman named Katie Johnson, and people can watch her film testimony. She blurs out her face. Uh, But then that was later recanted. And she tells a tale of being uh, a 16-year-old girl outside of this network. Um, You know, again, people can watch that and decide for themselves. I think there's a lot of holes in that story. And again, if there was any legs to it, especially at the time when it came out, we were talking about the 2016 election. I think the media would have pounced on it and tried to make that the issue, and they didn't. Now, let's expand on this. Let's go ahead. I mean, look, Trump did all these pageants. Where are the women coming forward saying he raped him or attacked him? And again, I'm not in the business of defending Trump. I'm in the business of defending reality and common sense that the deep state's been all over him for eight years. And if they had something, they would have used it. So 
That's where I think Trump is innocent. And I don't think a woman that recanted something that a woman told her he liked her and had sex with her. Because, I mean, I, I remember like five years ago, I was uh, six years ago. I was uh, doing the Sunday show at a KJFK, or, or, or no, I was on KJFK, uh, KLBJ, because I named KJFK as a joke after KLBJ. But I was doing the show out of there, too. I did, did it out of both places. And there was a woman producer there, a middle-aged woman, and she goes, hey, I know your friend such and such and said the name of some woman and told me who she was and said, you guys have dated for years. You almost married her. And I, I didn't know this woman. I wasn't like Trump running around with a bunch of women. She told me where she worked, what she did, showed me a picture of her. Oh, she's beautiful. She looks like Sharon Stone. And I looked at her and I said, lady, I don't know her. And it wasn't an allegation I did something wrong. This is just I'm famous. Some woman was making it up to this woman that I was going to marry her. I didn't even know who this woman was. I was like, well, she's very attractive. But, I mean, it, it's just crazy town when you're famous how many people make stuff up. But with Epstein, he has no money. He's connected to Bill Barr. He has this giant fashion mogul giving millions of dollars. He has islands, huge jets, facilities all over the place, world leaders visiting him, uh, King Charles' brother, uh, Mossad chiefs, Israeli prime ministers, other prime ministers, huge facilities full of all these videos. And what I know the media is doing, and I know this, the courts of the culture are not going after the really nasty stuff. And they are just giving us some barely underage women and some stuff that came out in Florida to just keep us in that area. And then this becomes a bigger distraction from all the real stuff like the CIA giving leaders of the Taliban little kids to have sex with, mainstream news, or or, or the German government working with the CIA, 30,000 children placed with 30,000 pedophiles to be raped to create a new culture, or the sexualization of children, or just all the craziness we see more and more... Um, I'm just seeing Epstein the case as a giant diversion. Well, even even just last week in Boston and D.C., outside of D.C., they rounded up a big network of brothels that they were saying was being used as a honeypot. They forced the people to uh, provide an ID and a government ID to you know guarantee who they were. So whether Epstein, you know, no matter who he was, his death or supposed death or the end of his operation doesn't mean these operations have ended. They've just shifted. Other operators have taken them over. That's right. Well, Jason, since we've already covered this with this lady and all the rest of this, clearly, whether it's true or not, and I don't think it is, she recanted, she says it's not true, is a recycling when it's her former claims, who knows if it's true or not, but she goes to the lawyers and says, I saw the prince, I saw Prince Andrew, I saw Bill Clinton, I saw Richard Branson, I saw all these people, and they're like, okay, we'll add Trump. Well, I didn't see Trump. Well, did one of your friends say? Yeah, yeah, my friend said. I mean, it, it really looks like they just added Trump on, and I'm speculating here, Jason, just threw him well, in there to make it political. Well, I, I think that they're focusing on a lot of the political names, and for instance, one of the names that was dropped today was Sergey Brin and his relationship to Epstein. Now, that's Sergey Brin. Well, again, yeah, again, he had been named about last year when you had that dump of people like Chomsky and Minsk, uh, Minsky, who's basically now been named of the relationship in the Rolodex with somebody like Peter Thiel, uh, where they were supposed to have uh, meetings in 2014. So I think they want to move away from the tech and the uh, biomedical aspects of this. And another person, I think that their name is going to get dropped a little bit more, and maybe we'll see some media coverage, but I think they're going to try to move away from it just like Bryn. 
is Larry Summers, Alex. And this is somebody I know you've spoken about a ton, highly influential. He goes from uh, the uh, Bush administration, the first one, or I'm sorry, 99, the Clinton administration into the second Bush administration. He's the uh, president of Harvard. And the reason I bring him up recently, you know, this is a Bilderberg guy, very influential guy, very connected to the Clintons, but he was recently put on the board of OpenAI. And people are like, what, what does Larry Summers have to do with OpenAI? This is the extension of that network into not only the, the technological fields, but the biomedical fields. Because when you look at OpenAI, their main drive is really creating and maintaining the great narrative they're trying to push on us. And we actually did a really extensive coverage on that last time I was hosting War Room, the whole uh, coup that was that took place at OpenAI, where you had the founder of it and CEO kicked out and then other people brought in. Basically, it ended up with Larry Summers being at the top of all of it, uh, pulling all the strings. Exactly. And then there was a rebellion by the members. And it turns out it was letters to the shareholders, to the board saying, this is really dangerous what you're doing. We need to be careful. So they removed the founder that took it like $80 million overnight. Then there's a rebellion. They bring him back. But yeah, Larry Summers is brought in. So we got to go to break here. And I want to come back and talk more about Larry Summers and, and have both of you guys respond to that because I know you both covered it. But then I want to just pull back and ask, what's coming out about Epstein next? And, and what are they trying to divert us away from? Because, hey, whether you think Epstein is just a small part of this or a big part, I think he is a pretty big part, but just still a window into it. They tried to deny this forever. They, they don't want you knowing what goes on behind the scenes. So I think overall, it's very positive that people are learning about honeypots and how this stuff operates. And of course, uh, I want to know what decisions were altered because of some of these videos. You know, you don't just capture all these videos, hundreds of hours, hard drives f- filling up rooms full of information just to not do anything. No, it's, it's so being used for blackmail. It? Exactly. So what? And the know. question is, who controls the Justice Department right now? And is how, it Clinton? Is it influence? Obama? Everything. Is it? Oh, 29 years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate. And we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Infowars.com forward slash show. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Harrison Smith. You're watching The War Room on Infowars.com. I'm here in studio with Alex Jones. Jason Burmas joins us to talk about the latest revelations from Jeffrey Epstein, really the game of perception that's being played right now as the mainstream media is doing everything they can to implicate Donald Trump because his name was mentioned. And by the way, I didn't even know this was breaking uh, today. And I said, I want to cover E. Jean Carroll because what an example of her. 
um, being this anti-Trump person, making all these wild videos, and then they change the law going so they can go back decades and sue someone claiming that he grabbed her with no witnesses. So then they have the judge find him guilty, then a jury find him how guilty, just like me, where you're guilty until proven how guilty today. Mediai, Trump cannot argue he didn't rape E. Jean Carroll. So he was already found guilty $5 million of defamation for saying in the court, I'm innocent. And now he's still saying he's innocent so she can sue him again, again and again and again. Now, if, if you're caught with dead bodies in the back of your trunk, you're allowed to say you're innocent. And if you're caught and if you're found guilty in a civil trial, you can say it's that's not true. I'm innocent. Th- these courts are so weaponized now, just like Trump in New York, where the judge found him guilty, and Letitia James, Attorney General, said he's guilty before the trial started, and then it's there's no jury, it's it's a judge deciding. So Judge Lewis Kaplan ruled that legal representation for former President Donald Trump cannot argue he did not rape E. Jean Carroll. Okay, so this this is just now broke, ladies and gentlemen. The ruling came. Uh, Judge Kaplan wrote, defendant and his counsel shall not offer any evidence, conduct examination, or make any argument relating to Carol II jury's determination that plaintiff has failed to prove the defendant raped her within the meaning of the New York penal law, which they never found he raped her in the law. They said you defamed her by saying you don't know her. Folks, I'm not joking. So so this is what, here's the judge's letter. Here, here is what they've turned the courts into. I mean, this is this is a system destroying itself. There's no way they ever come back from this. They have screwed the pooch here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's play a clip of her um, t- saying rape is sexy, which I don't think it is, and saying most men think it, if memory serves, and then saying that Anderson's shirt's basically hitting on Anderson Cooper. So, so, so imagine she says Trump grabbed her, the jury says it's defamation he did. The jury doesn't find he raped her. And then now he still says he's innocent, so she's suing him again. Here's a clip. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which, the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent Assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) It's one of the weirdest clips. And and, and so Trump can't say he didn't rape this woman. (laughs) No, no witnesses, no nothing. I have to laugh because it's just so bizarre. But obviously there's multiple levels to the attacks against Trump, right? There's the trying to get the legal justification to take him off the ballot. There's just the sheer distraction and trying to keep him tied up in court cases just to prevent him from doing anything political in the meantime. And then there's the public perception, which I think ties into the Epstein thing, the E. Jean Carroll thing, where most people don't read past the headlines, especially the headlines that we're seeing about – like this one from The Messenger. This was one on top of Drudge. Epstein victim claimed Trump had sex at pedophile's mansion, comma, 
Clinton caught on tape, then she recanted everything. Most people, if they're not reading this critically, might come away thinking, oh, there's tapes of Trump doing this. So the public perception and just implanting in people's minds Trump's a rapist, Trump's friends with Epstein – I, I have a fear that the average person is going to come away with everything being released with Epstein. If you ask a regular person, you know who Jeffrey Epstein, they're going to say, oh, isn't that Trump's friend? Something to do with Trump. He was like Trump's friend at the end of the day. Well, right? that's what they always do. And I want to get Jason's take on this, but that clip is so bizarre. So Trump is sued for saying he never knew her and he's innocent. And now there's another suit because the jury didn't say she raped, he raped her, but that he lied about raping her. And now there's another civil case where Trump can't say he's innocent again. So it goes on and on and on and on and on. Play her one more time. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not. This was not sexual. It just. It. It hurt. It just. What. It just. You know. Well, I think most people think rape as a. I mean, it is a violent. Assault. It is not. I think most people rape. think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> I mean, well, you look at that, Alex, and you see the reaction from Anderson Cooper himself, and he can't wait to get the break, try to get this back on the rails of the narrative they want to sell. Now, E. Jean Carroll, uh, you know, I, I was a big pop culture guy back when I was a kid. I used to see her uh, from time to time on television shows. She was already middle-aged and, again, really not Trump's type when this allegedly happened. You delve further into the allegations, and they meet while Trump is at the height of his celebrity uh, in a crowded room where many people are trying to talk to him. And somehow he takes her into this bathroom area and sexually assaults her. And like you said, uh, there's no jury trial. Uh, there's really no evidence presented or anybody to back up these claims other than E.G. E. Jean Carroll. And yet a judge just defaults that this is the case. And to Harrison's point of narrative management, you know, this ensures that the media, when they reference Trump, they can throw in Donald Trump, the rapist, and say, well, I'm referring to E. Jean Carroll. I, I would like to remind people that when this was brought up at that town hall on CNN that just made him look so much better, I mean, when they look at that in retrospect, I can't imagine they think that was a good decision. When they brought up the E. Jean Carroll situation, the way that Trump described it was almost like a comedy bit, and I couldn't see one person in that audience that believed that narrative. And essentially, it's really only strengthened him with the base or people that are just beginning to question well, well, exactly. narratives. I, 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 I mean, that's what I'm saying is it's open season. And I'm not going to get into the stories because I'm not going to open a can of worms. But five years ago, and we later learned from insiders that were there, they had law firms in California, Hillary Clinton's law firm, and they were trying to talk to former employees and saying, what we really want is to say Alex Jones is gay. We think that'll hurt the audience. Will you do that? So they got the guy that reportedly paid him money to say, well, Jones never hit on me, but he was psychically wanting to have sex with me. <laughs> no, that's in the that's in the Daily Mail article. I Don't pull it up. It. I'm not giving you any attention. Then there was another lady that, I guess we later learned they were a couple, who said that I grabbed her by the butt and said, I want to marry a black woman. Like, like just, just folks, that never happened. But, but the point was, is it was just, it was just for the media. But what was really funny about it was the lawyers were like, well, 
according to people that were there and witnessed it, because they were like, look, if you'll just tell us he's gay, we got some big cash for you. And they were literally saying, that'll hurt him with his audience. So there you go. Yeah, well, and we, you can see from E. Jean Carroll's uh, appearance on that. I mean, nobody even has to offer them anything. They know if they come out and say something against Trump, they are celebrities from then on. They'll be the heroes. They'll be the saviors that rescued us from Orange Hitler. I mean, so whether even anybody— And they feel good because he's not. a bad guy. He deserves to be, you know. Right. Well, and, no, 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 don't say—Trump's being sued again by her. The judge said in the trial he can't even say he's innocent. Can't even say he's innocent. How do you—how in, how in a free country— do you not say, I, I don't even remember this woman. I never, you know, oh, sorry, defamation. No, it's it's uh, it just completely insane. Again, that clip. I mean, the, the fact that anything continued after that interview, I mean, her credibility was completely shot. And uh, now I'd like to read more about this. It is very strange that happened to come out today as we were talking about it. Anyway. Well, it reminds me, not to write myself in the story, but it's true. They had a former employee uh, in the New York Times say that there was a fish tank here. And and that um, they were going to give the fish to their niece, and that I said "f you" and grabbed the fish and ate it. Now, there's never been a fish tank here, and there's never been any animals here other than I guess a few crickets I've seen. Maybe I've seen a roach once. The place is pretty pretty sterile. It's kind of scary. Wow, I never see bugs around here. I've been here 15 years in this building. It's probably a lot of poison or something. But the point is, is that that was a combination of Finding Nemo. And Wolf of Wall Street. Because in Wolf of Wall Street, when they aren't doing the selling right, they, he grabs the fish and eats it. Reportedly a true story. I don't know. And then in, in, in Finding Nemo, the fish is for the niece. So it's kind of like the head of, uh, the head of uh, Harvard. I think we've got some plagiarism here. I mean, if you're going to make up some stuff, come up with something new here. But Burmish, you were here for years. You've been here for years. Has there ever been a, have you ever seen a fish tank here? I've never seen a fish tank here. I'll go on the record. Jason, I have never seen a fish tank there, uh, but my dogs were in the building, and I do remember when LJ took a deuce on the rug uh, that was new. So, you know, those type of things happen. I don't think you ever tried to eat my dogs, though, Alex. <laughs> I don't remember your dog taking a crap on things. I remember killing. The I, I remember killing the neighbor's goat, though. It didn't kill the neighbor's goat. The goat was dead when I came out. They were fenced <laughs> out. That's funny, though, Alex. The, the goat was pregnant. Everybody. And it tried to How give How many birth. years ago and is this? How do I remember this? That was, God, that's got to be 2010, 13 years ago, Alex. And it was probably almost like within the couple weeks. Because the one dog that did that was the stray that actually came onto my property. I went from two pit bulls, as you said, to three pit bulls. And you uh, thought I was going to become a crazy cat slash pit bull lady. Uh, but I assure you that was the end of that. And I had three pit bulls for a very long time. Uh Fun times, but yeah, it was a lot of work. Oh my God. So there are no fish, there are pit bulls. <laughs> there there were from time to time a few lovable pit bulls in the building. But imagine but again, the New York Times coming up with there's a fish tank and I eat a have you ever seen me order fish? I'm not a big fish guy. <laughs> no. It'd be sushi, wouldn't it be raw fish? I mean, I'll eat if it's a really good seafood. I, I like fish and chips if it's a good place. I'm not, I'm not making it about me. The point is, I've sat here and watched them make me like eat the. Yeah. All right, it doesn't matter. Well, and the the point of, of all of it is that people, if they want to take somebody down, will make up outrageous things. And in this case, it seems like that's what's uh, happening with Trump, and it happens over and over again. And it almost doesn't matter how ridiculous. They might as well say he's picking live fish out of a tank and eating it. When it comes to people like Eugene Carroll, where it's just uh, some of the. Uh, but like, what did made. I do to that reporter? I was always nice to that guy. Right. 
And then we found out he would like, before he quit, probably an infiltrator, he would like literally go, I don't like these black people, start saying the N-word. And our crew would be like, hey, dude, you better stop that. And it was just like literally, you know, we had the Southern Poverty Law Center infiltrate us last year with a guy, you know about that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then they hacked into the camera system. And there was nothing bad. It was like me with a cigarette and a bottle of vodka. That's the best they got. Like, hey, that's not a secret, folks. <laughs> I'm just telling listeners, man, you have no idea how the left harasses people. So it's kind of hard to believe Trump's doing anything wrong when it always turns out it's not true. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, every time. And uh, and again, when it, when it comes to Epstein... You know, not only did he have all these hard drives full of uh, video, and, and that's one of the weird things about these recent claims is the woman says, Ransom says that she saw the video. She says, no, I mean, she's not vague about it. She says, quote, I personally can confirm that I have with my own two eyes seen the evidence of these sexual acts, which clearly identifies Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, Richard Branson, having sexual intercourse with my friend. I will be more than willing to swear under oath and testify in court over these uh, sex tapes. Now, she later recanted that and says, oh, no, there were no tapes. I made all of that up. There were never any tapes. But we know there were tapes. We don't need this woman to tell us. But there see, were tapes. by having somebody do that, I'm speculating it discredits it all. Right. Then they say, "Oh, the claims about the tape that was recanted." But as if, if you're tapes. a Mossad operative or MI6, but you both, like we know Epstein was, you're not showing the girls the videos, right, Jabermas? No, I, I, I would doubt that. You know, like we're I'd, not showing people that. all the videos of me eating fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's use an example. From the documentation that has come out, um, it's said by one of the uh, Jane Doe's now being revealed that basically Epstein, after a sexual encounter with one of these uh, men, uh, would grill the girls, would interrogate the girls. The get, would, well, he would get information, right, Alex? So let's say he wasn't able to tape that one encounter. Well, he could show that person another encounter or something else that was taped and then describe that sexual encounter, something he and she would only know, and that person would think he had that tape too. So there's a lot of leverage going on and a lot of games being played, but we know that he had these tapes. We know he had these photographs. We know he had these hard drives. Just the photographs alone that were in the safe and discussed, along with, again, which is not widely discussed, that he had a Saudi Arabian address and what? A false identity. How many investigative journalists have looked at that address and identity and tried to track down exactly what Epstein was doing and where he was doing it under that guise? I'll tell you how many. It's a big zero. No, I totally agree with you, and I shouldn't joke around so much. It just becomes a joke when this has happened, but I'm going to come clean right now. I actually did eat the fish, and they've released the footage as part of the Epstein investigation. Here is with audio, please, guys. Can we get it ready? I want people to see... The full crime that I kind of, you look, Harrison looks like the guy that did it. You had a mustache. You look like, who was that actor? I liked him. What was his name? It's Kevin Klein, I think. Yeah, let's go ahead and roll it with audio if we can. Here, here, here is Harrison Smith actually killing the fish. I was falsely accused. It was, it was Harrison. Here it is. Down the hatch. That was before oh. I dyed my hair. Delicious! You Better eat the green one? Okay. What's this one's name? Well, not Wanda, anyway. I'm going to call her Lunch. Hello, Lunch. Hello. You. Avoid the green ones. 
They're not ripe yet. <laughs> Actual I'm footage guilty. of you doing it. Before I shaved my stash and dyed my hair. How did I get framed with us? <laughs> All right, we, we, we joke around. This is really serious. It's how they're blackmailing everybody. It's how they're controlling everybody. You know, right now, I think they're doing okay because it's all come out. But now because the court putting out all of this hearsay, instead of where's the FBI tapes, where's the videos they got, it just becomes a big distraction a bit, and a big who said, she said, who said. And uh, Jason, well, you're, the, you're the expert on this. I mean, what, what is your big takeaway from everything that's been released so far? Because it has been, what, five or six releases. Sometimes it's, people are saying there's a release, but it's old information. I mean, what have we actually learned over the, the recent uh, releases for the Jeffrey Epstein info? Uh, again, not much, right? Like I said that most of this would have been in the public arena, but I think the things that I focused on, for instance, that we now have Marcinkova uh, directly not discussing uh, Bill Clinton and other big wigs and what they did. I think the fact that now we're starting to look at more of the financial stuff. In other words, uh, we're having uh, names redacted where they're talking about the Bill and Hillary Clinton Foundation actually funding the escapades of Ghislaine Maxwell and those projects. They're focusing away from that. We're finding again. Exactly. You got the Democratic Party, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's involved, the Clinton Global Initiatives involved. That's really what's important is that is that there was a lot more than just sex going on here. Absolutely. So instead of focusing on those revelations, the money revelations, or the actual names. In these uh, eyewitness accounts that we now know of people that were involved, because Marcinkova, absolutely involved. Groff, absolutely involved. Kalen, absolutely involved. We're worried about the quote about Bill Clinton liking them young. Is that a revelation? Is that something new? Does that add to the conversation? No, it doesn't. But it does distract away from the fact that, again, we're not focusing on uh, New Mexico at all. That's not in these documents, right, other than Bill Richardson well, that's right. We never hear about Paris. We never hear about Zorro Ranch. We hear some about the island, but mainly about New York. I, I agree with you. Zorro Ranch was the big complex where the Clintons actually. Well, that owned. was the complex where Bill and Hillary Clinton literally had a part-time residence. So they would visit together and they had their own little ranch on that compound. That's a big deal. Remember, Hillary Clinton really hasn't been mentioned much in the Epstein case. But she but likes she young like girls. It's come out. She's got more tail than a toilet seat, Clinton said. I, I, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I've heard that quote, too. All I'm going to say is obviously the relationship with the Clintons was extensive in that what? They were at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. When I say they, Ghislaine Maxwell is pictured there. Okay, so and she stands out from the crowd gonna... too. It's like the shot down the steel with them coming out, and she stands out like. Mm. <laughs> Webster well, Hubble's Alex. daughters never look more horse-like. <laughs> Web Hubble's another great example. People wonder how these things can happen. For those that don't know what Alex is referencing, uh, Web Hubble was one of the lawyers that Hillary Clinton worked with back in the uh, day. The other person would be Vince Foster. Uh, the uh, what gate was it? The white white water gate? What was it? It wasn't Watergate. Um, yeah, white, the, the, the white water scandal. scandal. White water. Yes, the white water scandal is where we got some revelations on that. But years and years later, there was an article out there where Bill Clinton was directly asked about Chelsea Clinton. He said he didn't sire her, and that it was Webb Hubble. Webb Hubble got asked on the record by WorldNet Daily, and he gave no comment. Uh, Chelsea Clinton has actually been confronted with this information. 
But if you look at it, there is no doubt that Hillary Clinton, who was also rumored to be having a sexual relationship with Vince Foster, was having one with Webb Hubble as well. If you can look at Chelsea Clinton and look at a picture of Webb Hubble and not see clearly that this is the man that fathered her, I'm sorry, you're blind. It's like Trudeau and Castro. Right, you you look at a picture of Justin Trudeau and uh, and yeah, Castro, but, it, but, side but, but side they were never really in proximity except a few visits. But yeah, hey, hey seriously, what are you going to cover after we leave? Uh, Burma's great job. Where do people find your show? You're about to start yeah, it right you now. Check me out over at what is now Patriot.tv, Monday through Friday, six p.m. Eastern, and uh, it's an interview-based show. We're going to be doing uh, more stuff outside of that, especially with these Epstein documents. But you just follow me at Jason Burmis on everything. And I'm going to keep up on this. I'm doing the spaces like you are, Alex. And anything new that I think is relevant is definitely going to be covered. You're doing a good job keeping track of it all. Thank you. All right, Harrison, you're about to take over the next two hours. Owen's got some well-deserved time hanging out with family. Um, what are you going to cover coming up? Oh, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We got, uh, of course, the invasion, uh, German farmers taking to the street and actually having to, making a big Massive. difference. We have a, uh, an article from Bloomberg that says this year there's more elections than ever, uh, and that's a big problem for democracy. Elections are going to destroy democracy, so we'll get into how It's exactly. like the New York Times. Don't investigate for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's even worse than that. I mean, essentially, they're saying you're voting for the wrong people, so we're going to not let you vote anymore. Uh, the window coming off the Boeing, we're going to look into that, uh, how that happened. We have a lot to cover uh, coming up. And, of course, knowing Owen Schroyer, he can't stay away. So there's going to be a special message oh, yeah, from Owen, Owen as well. Owen, Owen's coming up. Yeah, he's going to. You saw the Democrat Congress lady saying, "Of course, I need illegals to to change the districting." Just outright admitting it at this point, and of course, and then Nancy Pelosi and AOC saying the only solution to illegal immigration is to basically legalize everybody. Hey, there's no crime if you just don't charge anybody with the crime. Everybody watching on X, Band Video, Rumble, everywhere, share the links. Is how we reach new people. I know you're already awake and aware, but other people aren't. Now they're hungry for the truth. Share the war room with Harrison Smith sitting in now, and I'll see you back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central Bound Show. And we'll be right back with a message from uh, Owen Schroyer, live from vacation. The man can't stay away. Stay with us. Second hour begins in about 90 seconds. 29 years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate. And we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B-complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Smith invites you to the war room, the command center in the battle for clarity and truth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith, sitting in for Owen Schroyer this week. We're doing a little bit of musical chairs. I'm sitting in for Owen today and tomorrow. 
Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll do that through Thursday, and then I'll be back at the American Journal. And Chase Geyser will be here in the War Room on Friday afternoon, uh, just just shifting spots, you know, making up uh, like uh, like on a warship. If uh, you're manning a cannon and uh, a guy goes out of action, the next guy jumps in and mans that cannon. So I'm here uh, doing the best I can to cover for Owen Shore. He'll actually be calling in in the next segment. We'll be hearing from him. He has some uh, breaking news he wants to bring us because he just can't stay away. The man can't not be doing what we do, which is just being involved and being sort of obsessed with the news on a daily basis. And good, good, goodness gracious, there is no shortage of just absolutely absurd headlines that we'll get into over the next two hours. May I open up the phone lines as well? Ever since we've been streaming on X. I understand we've gotten a lot of uh, new audience. Chase, who was hosting the American Journal for me this morning, said I opened up phone lines and it was like they filled up faster than ever before and it was a bunch of names we didn't recognize. We love our regular callers, but we also really love hearing from people that we haven't heard before, whether they're just now finding out about InfoWars or have been big fans for years and but have never called in. Uh, we, we love seeing names we don't recognize. Maybe I'll open up the phone lines uh, later in the third hour. Just give you a little a little taste of some of the absurdity that we're going to get into over the next two hours from Chicago Sun-Times. Migrant's mental health in Chicago is a looming crisis. Migrant mental health in Chicago is a looming crisis. I don't even know what that means. Does that mean they're insane? Does that mean that all of the the migrants that we're bringing in are just just wavering on the edge of a psychic breakdown where they start just going crazy like why are we worried about the mental health of people that shouldn't be here are were they healthier at home maybe we can as a uh, mental health intervention send them back to the country of which they are citizens uh, in addition to that we have from bloomberg 2024 is the year of elections and that's a threat to democracy okay i'm just going to read that headline again for you in case you think i i messed up somehow 2024 is the year of elections, and that's a threat to democracy. More than 40% of the global population will be voting this year, and we have a 10% chance everything will go well. We'll get into what the hell they're even talking about. How can voting be a threat to democracy? Well, it's a threat to our democracy if you vote for the people that they don't want, including uh, parties like the AFD, the Alternative for Deutschland in Germany, the right-wing party that is still continuing to grow in its support and dominate in local elections. And so, of course, their solution to this rising popularity of a Democratic Party is to make them illegal, to say if you support AFD, you're a terrorist and outlaw them from holding office. It's our democracy, after all. And if something comes too popular with the people, you use uh, terrorist laws to shut them down. It's. Yeah, I, I. I don't want to keep saying absurd, but it's the best word for it. It's all ridiculous and absurd. Meanwhile, Fauci will appear before Congress to answer questions on mask mandates and COVID-19 origins. I know Rand Paul is uh, very excited to talk about this. He is in uh, Washington today, January 8th. The questioning will go on for two days, and we'll uh, bring you some updates as to what is being uh, asked of Fauci as more and more information about not just the source of COVID being a lab origin, but also the vaccine and the incredible amount of death. Of course, Alex uh, went on for two hours today with uh, a very knowledgeable expert in the 17 million number that's increasingly being talked about even in mainstream news as the number of people who have been killed 
because of the vaccine. We also have this story. BlackRock plans to lay off 600 employees, about 3% of their global workforce, almost entirely from the DEI uh, ESG spot of uh, area of their uh, operation. So ESG is over. SDG is now going to dominate. It's the same thing, just new words because everybody realizes how ridiculous and nonsensical ESG is. So they're just calling it something different and continuing the practice. We'll be right back, folks. There is a man who is whatever America needs him to be. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. Nothing less than a knight. Shining. They'll hunt him. They'll set the dogs on him. Because the truth is the greatest threat they face. It's the war room. With Owen Schroyer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Owen Schroyer coming to you remotely here today. And I just want to give the audience a bit of an update here. Uh, this was already some pre planned time off that I'm taking to spend time with family, get caught up with family. Since I'm not able to travel and I missed the Thanksgiving holiday, it's hard to keep up and see family. So Alex actually told me I could take three weeks if I wanted or needed it. But as you can see, it's difficult enough for me to take one day, let alone a whole week. So I'm guessing I will be back hosting next Monday. But I want to thank Alex Harrison, Jason Burmis, and the rest of the guests for filling in for me this week while I'm away with family. I'm truly blessed. I got to tell you, I'm truly blessed. Uh, God's blessings continue to rain down on me. Um, But I'm looking forward to Harrison covering some of the breaking news he had just mentioned, the Fauci testimony, the latest Epstein developments, and so much more. But there were some things that I felt I did need to come on here and address because they directly involve me. And one of those things is the debate, if you want to call it that. I, I, I mean, I actually think the moderator did a good job just letting the guys go after one another, quite frankly, instead of having kind of a traditional debate style. But um, let's call it a debate that was truly historic that InfoWars hosted this Saturday. But I wanted to address a couple things because I was a topic of discussion, but it's not about me. It's about my case and it's about how it was indeed a precedent setting case as I warned it would be. But before I get into that, let's kind of just lay the backdrop here. Joe Biden has been completely unhinged when it comes to the January 6th rhetoric ever since Saturday. And if you've been following his Twitter account or whoever posts from there, if you are following his comments regarding January 6th, then you realize why his new nickname is Dementia Hitler. But it really hit me in this moment. And, and I know we already talk about how this was the Democrats' Reichstag moment, but, but it even hit me even more so watching them recommit to this false narrative, watching them recommit to their attacks on Trump supporters, really in a more aggressive fashion from the highest level of power in the land, the presidency, than we've seen to this day. And it, and it really hit home. And I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth putting this back into our consciousness to understand what we're really going through here in this history. This was truly the Democrats' Reichstag moment. And if you understand what the Reichstag meant for the Nazis and World War II, then you start to get a better understanding of what I'm talking about. They truly intended, with all of their operatives there on the ground, 
standing down the National Guard, standing down police, using their false narrative, fake news media. They really wanted to have a massive riot that day that saw mass violence, mass damage, and they really wanted the images. Forget about what we saw during Trump's inauguration in 2017, which, of course, they do want us to forget about that violence, which was actually rioting and violence, but they didn't cover that. That was never an insurrection. That was never a problem. That was just what the Democrats do. But they really wanted the scenes probably closer to what we saw in the summer of 2020 during the Democrat riots, where you take a picture from above these cities, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Minneapolis, all these cities, and it's just fires and smoke and police lights. I mean, it truly looks like a war zone. That's what they wanted on January 6th. Now, they didn't get that, but that's what they wanted. Let's be clear. Their operatives that were on the ground that day, that was the optics they wanted. That was the moment they wanted, and they didn't get it which thank God for that. Thank God for Alex Jones for helping in that. And thank God that Trump supporters aren't violent people, generally speaking. But they continue to lie about all the details. Now that's part for the course. Of course, they're going to lie about all the details. Of course, they're going to lie. There were no weapons there. There was never any intent or anything like that. But I, I don't want to go back into those details. But let's just let's just take a pause since they really, really came after the January 6th false narrative harder than ever, I think, this last weekend. Let's really know what that was about. The Democrats wanted their Reichstag moment and they didn't get it, but they had a game plan and they're sticking to it. So when you see Joe Biden and the Democrats come out with all these lies and the false narratives and, and, and stoking up their rhetoric and stoking up the division and, and, and poking and prodding at the Trump supporter and warning, as unfortunately I predicted, Matthew Graves warning, yeah, we're about to arrest hundreds, if not thousands of more people for January 6th. So, so maybe get ready for that, too. Maybe get ready for that, too. There might be hundreds or thousands of more arrests this year dealing with January 6th, including to journalists. So don't be surprised if that happens, because that was their Reichstag moment. Now, if you don't know about the Reichstag, the Nazis burn their own building, blame their opposition, and then assume full power, full authority. So are the Democrats going to do that next in 2024, just cancel the election? Are we, are we going to see a cyber attack? Are we going to see a U.S. Navy vessel bombed? Are we going to see something so that they can totally assert themselves? Blame it on Russia. Blame it on Iran. Blame it on whoever. That's what we have to be on the lookout for. But you know what? Here's the final thing that I think is the most important that came from the debate. Because aside from the facts and, and fictions of January 6th, that you know what the truth is. I know what the truth is. The unfortunate thing is that the American left and liberals have no clue what the truth is. And what occurred to me listening to the Krasensteins, who have agreed to come on this show in the future, by the way, to debate me on my sentencing in January 6th, though, so I, I do intend to have them on the show when I get back, and I assume they will honor their word. But it occurred to me listening to them speak why the American left is so dangerous. There is a combination of ignorance and arrogance that the American left is encapsulated in right now. And it is the most dangerous combination in politics that you can ever imagine. It's what led to the French revolutions, Jacques and then off with his head. I think the only thing that outweighs the liberal leftist Americans ignorance is their arrogance. And we saw a perfect example of that in the debate Saturday when Krasenstein and, and uh, destiny, I think was the other guy's name said there was never police waving people into the building. 
I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this has been well documented. There's multiple videos, multiple angles, multiple locations. I mean, that's just straight up ignorant. To say that there was never a stand down of police, to say that Trump never requested more police. Again, that's just well documented facts. And they just sit there smugly smirking, saying, oh, none of that exists. And then they get into my case and they start saying things about my case that are clearly untrue. And for them to go on there and speak so confidently about my case when it's clear they've never even read the sentencing documents. They have no clue the details of any of my charges. And so when you see that, it, it, it's the deadliest combination in politics, ladies and gentlemen, ignorance and arrogance. And that's what we're getting from the American left right now. And when they have that, the American media can do what? It can trick them into burning cities down, burning buildings, attacking police officers, attacking citizens of the street, just like we've seen so many times most recently in the summer of 2020. But this is what we're dealing with. So these are truly historic times, and that's why it's so hard for me to stay away. But I do intend on being back next week. So I hope you'll continue to support the show by shopping at InfoWarsStore.com so that there will be a show. But I know you will continue to support us because we're still here despite all the attacks, all the censorship. And yet still we are on the air. And that alone is a victory. I appreciate Harrison for keeping my seat warm and all the other guests and guest hosts that are going to be joining us. See, here at InfoWars, we like to provide you with great guest hosts. A lot of other people, when they take time off, they, they put some schlub in the seat because they want to look even better when they take time off. They want their audience to miss them even more when they take time off. We like to put talent and smart, informed people in the chair when we're away because that's what it's all about here at InfoWars. So I appreciate Harrison for doing that. Now, I only planned on doing one segment. I know Harrison has a lot of news. Harrison, I'll volunteer myself for another segment. If you got any questions or anything you want to go over with me, uh, I absolutely do. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you here uh, for one more segment because I think the way you just broke down arrogance and ignorance, I think we need to delve a little bit more into that because I think that is an absolute brilliant way to illustrate, as you rightfully point out, like the biggest problem that we have right now. I also have the video of uh, Matthew Graves, U.S. District Attorney, saying they're going after everybody. That was basically in D.C. at this point. I mean, it's been three years, and they're still ramping up the prosecution. So we'll show that video. I'd love to get into that on the other side. Stay with us. January 2024 is here, and that means up to 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com, free shipping, and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year, and it supports the InfoWar. And we're selling out a lot of these products, and it'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it, you need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year sale, double Patriot points, free shipping, and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together. Frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. 
be so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Harrison Smith sitting in for Owen Schroyer on The War Room. Of course, Owen is joining us. He was only supposed to stay with us for one segment, but what you said there, Owen, I wanted to expand on. So I, I wanted you uh, here with me to expand on this. Is, is Owen getting my, uh, my audio here? Um, arrogance and ignorance and the combination, the danger of the combination between arrogance and ignorance. And so just during the break, I just searched those two terms, arrogance and ignorance. And I found a lot of actual scientific literature talking about the relation between these two things, saying actually that arrogance is often a sign of ignorance. Like if you're ignorant about something, uh, there's, I don't know, I guess it's humility that's the opposite of these things, right? Humility says, yeah, I may not know. I could be wrong. Who's to say? I think I know what's right. But if you tell me something that's uh, different, then I'll change my mind. And it takes a certain level of humility and a lack of self-importance. And it's that self-importance that the left just oozes. They're better than you. They know more than you, even when they haven't even started to look at this information. So I just I just wanted to, to keep you on to expand on this a little bit. Arrogance and ignorance and the, the toxic brew that's created when these two things exist in the same individual, as it seems to exist on every, in everybody on the left. Destiny and the Krasensteins sort of as a, a paramount example of this, but they're not the only example, obviously. Well, that debate or argument, whatever you want to, whatever you want to end up calling it was so important. And this is why political debate is so important. And in my mind, this is why the American left avoids it like the plague, because most of them know they're going to be totally exposed. I mean, most of these people know they don't actually do any research, right? They just glob on to whatever the narrative is or whatever feels, feels comfortable or, or whatever feels, you know, like the diverse, liberal, accepting thing to do or say, they don't actually do any research of their own. I mean, that was shocking. I remember tuning in and when they said there was Trump never requested National Guard, there was no stand down of police. There weren't police waving people into the building. And Alex just had his face palm moment. It's just like, oh, my gosh, it's like, oh, my gosh, like the, these people really have no idea what's going on. And they vote. And they vote and they have influence and they influence young people and they teach their doctors. I I mean, you take I mean, they don't just vote. These are like lead thinkers on the left. These are people that the left points to as being, you know, brilliant and tuned in and they listen to their advice. So uh, because then you take it to just the average person uh, and the level of ignorance is almost unimaginable. I mean, these are people who it's their job every day. They're talking about political stuff every hour of every day. They're on Twitter engaging in this stuff. And yet they still don't know the most basic facts. Now think about the average person that's got a job and kids and pets and they're, you know, uh, you know, up to their ears and debt and they don't look into this stuff at all. Imagine how ignorant they must be. And I mean, there were just so many examples of that, so many moments of that. And it's just so frustrating because you just wish that somehow you could you could crack through that thick 
liberal, low IQ, ignorant, arrogant skull. And and just if you could just if you could just get a little fracture in there and somehow just get the truth in there that maybe maybe they could see the world for what it really is. Maybe they could see how they've been fooled, but they're too comfortable. And I think that's what it is. I think that there's this comfort level of realizing and accepting the things that that we've realized and accepted is just too discomforting. Right. And it's not politically correct. You know, it's nice and comfortable to be politically correct and stay on that side of the aisle. I'm sure you saw that video. In fact, I may have actually found it from you where a individual did a compilation of Scott Adams talking about how the anti-vaxxers were right. And he juxtaposed that with your commentary and my commentary and Alex's commentary. And he said, you guys won, you guys won. And we're saying we didn't win. This was not a win or loss. The win would have been if people would have listened to us and not taken it. But unfortunately, that wasn't what happened. I have family members that took it. And now guess what? They're on blood thinners the rest of your life because they had a negative uh, side effect. So, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about, though. We've accepted the world for what it is. That's what it is. We know the world that we live in. As dark and scary as that acceptance might be, it's liberating and it's just the reality. So you can sit here and say, oh, the cops never wave people into the Capitol. You're not living in reality. You can sit here and say, the feds had no involvement on January 6th. You're not living in reality. You can sit here and say, they had no idea the vaccines were going to be having side effects and all these heart problems. You're not living in reality. They didn't know the virus came out of a lab. They had no idea. You're not living in reality. This isn't a left or right issue. We might land on the right side, politically speaking. We, we might have conservative values. Some of us might have liberal values when it comes to certain issues, too. But this is about common sense and reality. Exactly. And, and, and we're reaching this point now, and I think that this is kind of a lot of what Elon Musk refers to as the woke mind virus. You you truly have a mind virus. You don't live in reality anymore. But then there's the ignorance and the arrogance and the laziness that comes with it. If you're about to go on a debate about January 6th and you haven't even done a modicum of research enough to understand any of the circumstances that there were obviously confidential informants there, that there were obviously agitators and instigators there posing as Trump supporters, that there was obviously a police and National Guard stand down, the facts are there, and there were police waving people into the building, then you're not even trying. You're not even giving it a basic effort. And quite frankly, just to make this quick point, this is why I switched from sports to politics when I was 24 years old. So I guess, I guess 10 years ago, a decade ago, this is why I switched from sports to politics. Because for the first time ever, I tuned into the mainstream news and I started looking at information that was relevant to, to politics and current events. And it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my gosh, people are following uninformed individuals. People are following literally fake news. It took me one day of watching mainstream media, cable news for current events and politics. It took me one day to realize that. And I could never look back. I could never, I said, I have to take my talents and my abilities as a broadcaster and a journalist and a reporter. And I have to be that guy. I have to tell the truth. And then I found out, okay, there are other organizations out there. There are under other individuals out there. Of course, they never get the love in the mainstream media. They don't get promoted on all these mainstream networks. But yet here we are at InfoWars still fighting the good fight. And I mean, yeah, if Scott Adams wants to say, okay, you were right, that's fine. We were right. But it's not a win. It's not a victory. It's sad 
that this is the world we live in. And it's sad that we have to sit here time after time again. Alex Jones was right, Jar. Uh, you know, it's not there. You can't find a jar on the earth big enough to fill it. And yet here we are right time and time again. And still people don't understand. We don't make this stuff up. We're not conspiracy theorists. We're students of the world that surround us. We're students of history. We have logic and common sense that most people have had brainwashed out of them. And we're just trying to get people to understand this is the world you live in. A hundred percent. And I actually I talked about this last week because when I was at, at a wedding the weekend before, I, I brought up uh, the fact that the CIA sold crack in uh, you know L.A. ghettos in the 80s as an example of something that I, th- I thought the person I was talking to would know about because it's so well known. And she said to me, she said, isn't that a scared way to live? Aren't you aren't you just living in fear, thinking that that's the type of thing the government did? And I had to go, look, this is just what happens. I don't know what to tell you. It's true. It's been documented. There's been congressional hearings. It's not up to me whether or not to determine this is true. But, I, you know, you hit the nail on the head there when you said that, uh, you know, talking about being living in fear. It's like we're we've broken out of the fear. We're just looking at the world for what it is it's not living in fear to you know see the bull running at you and try to come up with uh you know how to grab its horns to take it down Owen sure i'm gonna get uh let you get back to relaxation uh owen will be back on next monday thank you so much for joining us honestly we could go on for the whole hour but i'm gonna let you have your vacation i'll get into some of this news on the other side Owen Troyer, ladies and gentlemen 29 years on air all i've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist and I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high-quality organic B-complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells, and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy, the strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Infowars.com forward slash show. Peeling back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. All right, folks, we are back on the War Room. It's been a quite an exciting show so far with Jason Burmas and Alex in studio. A great appearance by Owen Schroyer. He'll be back uh, next Monday behind the desk, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And he, of course, is uh, invited and welcome to join us every day if he wants. After all, every day there's something that uh, that's worth talking about. But for the last half of the show, it's just you and me, folks. Uh, although I may open up the phone line, so... Stay tuned for that. We'll open up the phone lines uh, probably in the third hour, but we have a lot to talk about before then. Still, I'm just kind of obsessing now about uh, this point that Owen made of arrogance and ignorance and the combination of those two. You know, everything's so inverted these days, like not just wrong, not just incorrect, but actually inverted, the opposite of reality. Black is white. White is black. War is peace. Uh, you know, everybody knows these things, but especially when it comes to a place like InfoWars, 
where we're accused of spreading mis- and disinformation. 90% of what I do here is debunking mainstream media. What we do is we confront the lies in the mainstream media and correct them. We almost never are the ones like coming up with stuff. We don't come up with anything. We respond to what the mainstream media says. We react to the mainstream media's lies in order to correct them. We debunk things. We are debunkers of misinformation, not spreaders of misinformation. Just like conspiracy, uh, you know, saying that we are a conspiracy theorist, we're coming up with these conspiracies. We're just reading what's in the mainstream media. It's, it's all right there. And you would think that arrogance would come along with knowledge. But the reality is, and again, I just ever since Owen said it, I just typed in those words, arrogance and ignorance in the, uh, into Google and was just looking at some scientific papers. And it's pretty well established how these things are correlated, actually. And when you really think about it, it, it starts to make sense when you differentiate confidence from arrogance. And arrogance has this attitude of condescension, looking down, thinking you're better than somebody else. And it's almost a necessary thing to have when you are ignorant and unconfident in your ignorance. And this is something I, I, I remember very distinctly sort of learning this probably when I was 15. When I was 15, I was uh, going to work at – going to film weddings for this company. Uh, one even like it was a guy and his family, and they, they would go out and film weddings. And I wanted to work with them, but I was 15, so – the boss, Jack, was like, I want to meet your parents. And we all, all went out to dinner so he could talk to my parents about uh, me working for him and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, at one point, my dad was sort of making a joke, and he was going, so you're videographers. How's the relationship with the wedding photographers? Do you just stand across the room and leer at one another? And uh, remember my boss, Jack, and you know, everybody sort of laughs, and he laughs and goes, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, what does leer mean? You didn't know what the word leer meant. And I think we've all been in that situation where like somebody says something you can't quite hear, but you just sort of laugh along, go, ha ha, yeah, totally, absolutely, totally. And then you just hope they don't ask you a follow-up question because you didn't actually hear them. And it was such like a, such a revelation to me of just like, you don't have to pretend you know something that you don't. If you don't know the definition of the word leer, right, it means to like glare, it means to like stare at angrily. And if you don't know the definition of that, there's no shame in just being like, I don't know what that word means. What, what are you saying? What are you, what are you describing? And it was just sort of a revelation to me of, of being like, all right, confidence isn't the ability to know everything and do everything and you, you, know, you never look bad and never look stupid. It's the ability to put yourself in a situation where you might look stupid or admitting your ignorance in a certain uh, regard and not feel like that reflects badly or poorly on you. To have the confidence, but it's not arrogance, but the confidence to say – yeah, I don't know anything about this. I, I don't know. I don't know what that word means, or I don't. I know a lot of other stuff. I'm a I'm a pretty smart dude. I have a lot of things I could talk about that you don't know about. But I don't know about this one thing. So why don't you tell me? How about I'm not the authority in this situation? And it came around again in 2016 when I would be talking to friends, and I've always been political. You know, all through high school, I was very political, very conservative. All my friends knew this. They all knew that I cared about things that they didn't care about. I read Infowars. I watched Alex Jones. I you know, read white papers. I did all that stuff. They didn't. Then 2016 comes around, and instead of sort of having the humility or just confidence to say to me, hey, you know about this stuff. Like, well, what do you think? And then sort of listening to me, they were trying to tell me things, that, and they don't know anything. They don't know anything about it. And it was always strange to me because, like, I don't really watch football. I don't care about football. 
And so it's so bizarre to me to think that I would maybe go into a conversation about a football team and be condescending and arrogant and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I know everything I'm talking about. Let me tell you about who's the best quarterback. Let me tell you about the tight end. Let me tell you about all. I don't know. I don't know. So here are my friends who they know a lot about sports. I don't know a lot about sports. They don't know a lot about politics. I know a lot about politics. And yet when it gets to the political realm in 2016, especially there was this like, I don't even know what it, like assumption that they knew things without actually having to learn anything that they could just hear the mainstream media. And they, then they were instantly super well-informed, better informed than anybody else and would talk down to me. Like I didn't know what I was talking about. And I would just have to look at them and go, you know, that I know more about this than you, right? Like you get that. Like if the positions were reversed and I was trying to talk down to you about the Texas Texans offensive line, wouldn't it be kind of ridiculous? Wouldn't that be kind of silly? Wouldn't that be kind of ridiculous for me to pretend like I know more than you about this thing that I don't study? And so there actually is a, a distinct sort of combination between arrogance and ignorance in that if you don't know something and you're shamed about that or you're embarrassed about or you, you know, you feel like it's a personal uh, you, yeah, you feel shame. You feel embarrassed. Like the example that uh, Owen Schroer brought up about opening the doors in the Capitol. You know, to me, as a humble person, as somebody that's, that doesn't feel arrogant, doesn't feel better than anybody else, understands that every single person in the world has knowledge I don't have and that I can learn from. And even even things I study, I might be missing something. I may be missing an aspect that explains things I have questions about. Maybe I'm speculating about something and then somebody can come along and say, well, here's the answer, right? Then I change my mind. And I quote all the time the Winston Churchill quote, I'd rather be right than consistent, which is the opposite of what an arrogant and ignorant person would believe. If I believed that January 6th was an insurrection and I believed that there was no aspect of it that could be considered an inside job, and then I'm shown video footage of police opening the door and high-fiving protesters walking in, and I've never seen that footage before, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go, oh, wow, this is evidence I hadn't seen before. Maybe this was an inside job. Maybe this was sort of coordinated. Maybe this wasn't as bad as I thought. Like I'd be embarrassed to continue to believe the thing that was just disproven. But to these people, to the arrogant people, the people whose self-importance and self-image is paramount in their own conception of who they are and their their identity, they have to outright reject evidence that's contrary to the position that they hold because that shatters their uh, self-importance, arrogance, condescension. It uh, shows how ridiculous it is. And so it's just – it's – it explains a lot to me. It explains a lot to me how the more arrogant somebody is, it's almost a a correlation, causation. They're going to be more ignorant. They're going to be more – the more arrogant they are, the more ignorant they are and vice versa. And uh, I I think that's something that we do at InfoWars extremely well if I can pat ourselves on the back, not in an arrogant way but in a – in a thoughtful way, uh, that I know me, Owen, Chase, Alex, everybody that works here is perfectly willing to be shown information that's contrary to our beliefs and will change our mind or try to incorporate it somehow, right? We'll say, okay, this is new evidence. This needs, this is a new puzzle piece that needs to fit into the, to the image that I'm crafting. Otherwise the image is wrong. The puzzle piece is out of place and the, the, the whole thing is, is ruined. So, I'd rather be right than consistent, and if I'm presented with information that's contrary to what I believe, I will change my belief to fit the evidence, not ignore it or arrogantly or condescendingly disregard it. 
uh, to make myself feel better. And I, I really think that's what's kept InfoWars so correct about everything for so long is that we do go off evidence. And even if we assume something about an inside about an event, saying something's an inside job, and then we're shown information that proves otherwise, we go, oh, okay, cool, that explains that then. And then we move on. And that's a uh, just like everything, you have to identify the characteristics of our enemies and then try to embody the opposite. So if our enemies are ignorant and arrogant, then we're going to be humble and informed. You can do that at InfoWars.com. January 2024 is here, and that means up to 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com, free shipping and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year, and it supports the InfoWar. And we're selling out a lot of these products, and it'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it, you need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year sale, double Patriot points, free shipping, and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. gentlemen we have a lot of stuff still to talk about today including the immigration crisis continues to just swamp american infrastructure with literally tens of millions of uh, foreigners we're going to talk about the danger of the danger that voting poses to democracy completely absurd and we're going to talk uh well, a lot, about a lot of stuff, but I, I want to bring you this story because this just broke. In Fort Worth, there's been a massive explosion in downtown Fort Worth. Fort Worth police declare major incident after possible mass casualty gas explosion. They've said it is a major incident. They're asking people to stay away from downtown Fort Worth in the Sandman Hotel. They say it's a possible gas explosion. Been reported at a hotel in downtown Fort Worth. Police have declared it a major incident. At least 
11 people were injured in the incident. Here you're seeing some B-roll captured just after the fact. You can see it is a absolutely massive explosion. There's no information yet as to the extent of injuries, but CBS News reported one patient is in critical condition. One CBS reporter on the scene said in a post on X, at least 10 patients, mass casualty incident declared after possible gas explosion, the Sandman Hotel in Fort Worth. But that's speculation at this point. They're speculating it was a gas explosion, but that's not the only possibility. The only thing from the police is that it's a major incident and the people should avoid the downtown area, saying they'll share more details as they can confirm more information. Now, usually with a gas explosion, the gas explosion takes place at a residence. Usually there's not it's not very often that a business uh, will have a gas explosion because typically it's when somebody is out of the house and there's a gas leak. And so the gas fills up the interior and then a spark finally ignites it somehow. But, you know, this is the. You know, gas doesn't have a natural smell, uh, natural gas or propane, any of these things. They don't actually have that pungent smell that we associate with gasoline or, or any of these. Th- that's actually a chemical that's added specifically so people can identify and, and uh, detect it when it's in the air. So typically if, if there's a gas leak in a public building with lots of people going in and out, it would be, it would be identified pretty quick. Like somebody there would smell it. It smells like gas around here in order to have this level of explosion, right? Because what happens is you you have a, a buildup of gas in the atmosphere within a home to such an extent that when it ignites, the whole thing explodes. But it has to sort of fill up for a while. It has to be leaking for quite a while before the um, before it's – there's so much of the fumes in the air that it can actually ignite. So how this happened in a hotel lobby, which I think is what this uh, building is. Although I'm not entirely sure, it is the Sandman Hotel. Yeah, so it's a hotel lobby. I guess we'll I guess we'll just have to wait for more information to come out. I won't speculate uh, too much on this, but it's a massive explosion. You see windows knocked out, the second floor, the whole front facade exploded. It reminds me, you know, my immediate reaction is the just think about the uh, explosion that took place in Nashville, where the whole downtown was blown up. And it just sort of it just that story just sort of went away. Uh, that was blamed on a uh, on somebody blowing up their RV. So we'll see. We'll see once this uh, investigation takes place. But a very strange occurrence I, from the amount of destruction you can see in the videos and photos. Sort of a surprise that nobody died from this. At least it hasn't been reported yet. One person has been reported in critical condition. And 10 others uh, in the hospital. So there you go. That that just broke minutes ago, so we don't have too much more information on that, but we'll bring it to you as we get it. Again, I'm just a little bit, a little bit suspicious from the outset that a busy hotel lobby could fill up with gas without anybody noticing to the extent that it leads to this massive uh, sudden explosion. Very strange. Very strange stuff. And, of course, just... The way I read news now, having you know, been a part of InfoWars for so long and just having a, a critical eye anyway, it's like, all right, we don't know that there – like nothing can be assumed here. What we know is what we see. There was an explosion at a Fort Worth hotel. That's all we really know. 
Could it have been gas? Yeah, that's an option. But there's been no evidence to suggest it, so we can kind of disregard any claims about the cause of this. All we know is that there was an explosion, and we can speculate as to what might have been the cause of it. And even if it is, does turn out to be a gas explosion, just pure mismanagement of the the infrastructure there or whatever it may be, it still seems to point to an overall trend that we've reported here, which is just the competency crisis. And and again, we don't know whether – I don't know whether I'm seeing more stuff now because of sort of confirmation bias. Maybe I'm looking for it more but not seeing it as much. Or So I am seeing it as, more because I'm looking for it or whether there really is an increase in these types of occurrences which aren't directly related to one another in the sense that it's not one crime group going around causing explosions here and – train derailments there, but it is part of an overall process that America seems to be going through where we can't keep up our infrastructure. A report just came out showing saying something that like 90, 95% of the bridges in America are overdue for replacement. I don't know if the, the crew can find that. It was a story this weekend, uh, you know, an official accounting of all of the bridges and infrastructure in America and something like 90% of the bridges are sort of beyond their expiration. They should have been replaced before now, but need to be replaced. And whether it's the train derailments. And again, you know, last year, it sort of started with the East Palestine, Ohio derailment. That was the, the big one where everybody started paying attention. But it was like every day there were train derailments. And it's like, are we just, is this just happen all the time? We don't notice it. Now that we're looking for it, we're seeing this this problem, but really it's no different than it always was, or is there an increase in train derailments? And I guess unless you actually get into the the details on all of this, so here it is, report card for America's infrastructure, overview of bridges. There are more than 617,000 bridges across the United States. Currently, 42% of all bridges are at least 50 years old, and 7.5 of the nation bridges are considered structurally deficient, meaning they're in poor condition, 170 Eight million trips are taken across these structurally deficient bridges every day. And it just goes on and on and on. And I'm wondering wondering where that uh, 80% is. We need to increase spending on bridge rehabilitation from $14.4 billion. One in three bridges in America needs repair or replacement. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And so there's so many things that are... Uh, here, do we do we find it? 222,000 spans need repair, including 76,600 bridges that should be replaced. 42,000 are rated in poor condition and classified as structurally deficient. 42,000 bridges in America. But hey, Ukraine and Israel need our billions, right? We've got wars to wage. Who's got time to keep up our infrastructure? And I've said forever since before I even worked in them for, there's not going to be a collapse in the generally understood sense. Or let me let me caveat that. There, it might That might happen. There might be a sunspot that wipes out electronics. There might be an EMP attack that destroys everything. There might be a fake cyber attack that takes down the financial institutions and destroys the banking system and shuts down. That could happen. It could. The likelihood is very low, but that's always a, a possibility. What is much, much more likely is 
we are probably about 25% through the collapse that will continue indefinitely for decades. And you can point to a place like South Africa where this has taken place, where by deviating from the norm of a meritocracy and just the government doing what it's supposed to do in terms of keeping people safe and keeping the infrastructure from collapsing and killing everybody, all of that gets uh, is less important than social objectives and you know projects and policies that are there to serve certain groups for their personal enrichment. And slowly but surely, the bridges will wear down, the roads will wear down. You know, when you go to get on a plane, it's just going to be that much more dangerous, just more close calls, more planes literally falling apart in midair like happened with the uh, Air Alaska plane. This is the collapse. This is what it looks like. We are in it right now. And we're going to see more stuff like this gas explosion in Fort Worth where it's just now not everything's being taken care of. Not everything is up to snuff. Somebody's dropping the ball here, covering themselves there. And uh, you might not be able to directly connect it, but there is a connection between all of these. And it's the collapse that we're going through. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888 253 And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well.